Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed a, spell a Spellcast. Cast. with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls in this patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spellcast. Hi, welcome back. Welcome to you, Bryce. And and welcome. you, Shayna. Welcome to me and nobody else. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh man. Oh, this world just continues to depress me, but we're here and that's something to be thankful for. Mm. The endless march of time throws us all into its existential wake the march of time i wish that i could do copyrighted audio clips um because there was this amazing segment uh of of video journalism of news called the march of time and it just has this incredibly like imposing and commanding like uh uh, intro music and i just would love to like use that <laughs> it's a deep so cut. everybody look up the the march of time with edward r murrow you won't regret it <laughs> um so how are you doing bryce i'm doing all right uh making it through signed my lease on my new apartment which was yeah, yeah went about went all the way back out to brooklyn made my made my appearance back in the bk borough and we all had a parade mm-hmm. silently inside our homes. Separately, just yeah. me. We had a parade separately. We all walked from room to room. Yeah. If you think about it, we're all doing that all the time. Yeah, we do walk if, from room to room. If only you think about it, you use your noggin, we're all in this together. And that is unfortunate. Because I don't have enough food for everyone. <laughs> it's got to be a potluck. Everyone bring your own snacks. Yeah, exactly. So bring your snacks. Bryce, what is your favorite snack during this time? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's a really good question. Recently, I have gone on this, like, kind of pseudoscience-y, hand-wavy uh, trend called golden milk. And basically, you get a milk of your choice. I choose a non-dairy milk because my tum demands it. And you just put in a mm-hmm. bunch of various spices that are supposed to have anti-inflammatory or like, I don't know, good fats. So like you put in a little bit of coconut oil, you put in a little bit of turmeric, you put in a little bit of uh, ginger and like cinnamon and then you sweeten it with a bit of honey and you heat it all up. And I've been drinking that and it's been a very <laughs> spicy, fatty and somewhat sweet concoction. It sounds good. Oh, yeah. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, boiling a single coconut stick just pouring hot water over that thing and making um, or cinnamon cinnamon. did I, I, was, I say cinnamon? you said coconut <laughs> stick and I was like 
I'm going to let her have this. I'm just going to let her keep talking about this. I thought it was your new oh. thing and that you just really wanted coconut water. <laughs> yay, yay. I really wanted coconut water, but from a very unexpected source. <laughs> like Non-traditional. <laughs> and super watered down, too. You're just like, I want um, water that is lightly flavored with coconut. Hair of coconut. Hair, yeah. Oh, God. No, cinnamon. Cinnamon stick. I've been doing cinnamon tea because I can't do sugar very well. Um, my body is having a rough time with it. Uh, so I am I'm doing things that taste somewhat sweet and that I fool myself into thinking are sugar. Um, and my body is like, you're okay. And my palate is like, mmm, tasty, tasty. So that's what I've been doing. Well, hey, that's super... That's actually a pretty good, pretty good workaround you got yourself there. Thank you. I'm very tired of it. Um, <laughs> I just want I'm coffee. Not actually, having sugar. Uh, I really want coffee as well. Can't have caffeine. Can't have sugar. Um, th- I, this is not me advocating for people to not have caffeine or sugar. By the way, like, what whatever is good for your body is good for you, and that's awesome. Um, and I wish that I could have those things. I just cannot. But I, okay, my, one of my roommates makes like a pot of coffee most, most days, like every other day. And I just, I'll step out into the kitchen and be like, ah, and then today, today there was a brownie cake being made. (gasps) My God, my God, my senses, they were tantalized. Ooh almost as good as eating it no it's not <laughs> but <laughs> i at least got that experience yeah i find that i also am not good with the coffee and i should not eat too many of the sweets so my favorite thing to do is torture myself by just smelling other people's coffee and then watching recipes of like jiggly cheesecake souffles on youtube oh man amazing yeah i live for the for when they do the jiggle they always they always tap the plate afterwards just to prove it i think about that but in the way that people like use a spoon to do the creme brulee mm-hmm. they just like tap it and, and a little crackling effect that's what i love to watch mm. mm-hmm. oh i'm hungry me too shoot did you have dinner I did have dinner. I'm just always hungry. Oh, good. Okay. I can always eat. <laughs> oh, are we? Are we eating? We're meeting up. We're going to dinner. <laughs> that's that's the thing that we. <laughs> I do remember a lot when we would hang out and be like, "Should we eat now?" And I'd always say, "I can always eat." Yeah, this is a uh, this is like old times, a few months ago. <laughs> oh, well. To the next time that you could always eat. That's what I say. Mm. Constant. The constant time. The constant time. Which is... Uh, Should we do... Yes. Oh, go ahead. No, I just... The constant time brings us back to... back Brings us back full circle to the endless march of time. Ah, you're right. Men are keeping anyone? (laughs) Effortless segue again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Didn't it sound like I was, like, arrived at, like... A, a, an early 70s dinner party like canapé anyone 
<laughs> I do like that. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> I imagined my hair in a very specific like shag. It was oh yeah. Great. I imagine mm-hmm. it in like a bouffant a la Marge Simpson. Oh that's okay, I'll take it. Um I was going to say shagadelic baby and move on to she's a man baby a man but another segue ruined (laughs) i ruined it again (laughs) ah no you really bungled it this time man she's a man (laughs) once (laughs) i'm saving it she's a man (laughs) you did it you did it slide on home (laughs) she's a manner keeping okay (laughs) oh man i'm just imagining she's a man baby but to the tune of she's a man eater she's a man baby she's a man baby (laughs) she's a man baby (laughs) she's a man baby did we do it i I think we did and so thank you all for tuning in (laughs) episode scene uh Good. yes season two so oh do we do we do we have any manner keeping to oh do? yeah Is yeah, yeah. manner keeping we're back on this Is um happening? so much happens all the time and yet it feels like time has not has not passed at all has I'm not a, marched has not marched i feel frozen in time and yet i also feel aged mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I feel you. I, I truly do feel you on that one. Oh, man. Is 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 that it? Oh. um, That's uh, the manner keeping? Is that we feel frozen in time and the manner has not aged? I feel like I've, I've introduced a lot of new things that have occurred in my life. I went to Brooklyn, saw a train oh, again. Oh, it's true. I have tried a golden milk. It's weirdly oily what about you oh no how are you doing um (laughs) i'm doing okay i so in terms of manner keeping um i am still unemployed that's still happening i am however uh enjoying many things that are going on right now in the digital hemisphere um in terms of queer film I think there's a lot of really interesting, fun stuff to tune into, to support, that we wouldn't normally get to do, and I would love to highlight a few of those things um, for anyone listening and interested. Uh, one of those things is that many film festivals have been moving online, and so if you may not have initially been able to go to those for geographical reasons, or reasons of just like conflicting with schedules, etc., uh, you have the chance to, and uh, one, two, three, yes, three. So three of these opportunities. The first one is the annual Queer Women of Color Film Festival that happens in San Francisco um, every year during the summer, and that is online June twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. So it's it's coming on up. You have a little bit of time to peruse their programming. And they have a bunch of amazing films. And everyone can check them out. And they've been going for a, a while now. And they have a bunch of really interesting programs. All about connecting queer uh, female filmmakers. And 
queer non-binary and AFAB filmmakers, and it's just the coolest thing. So that is one thing. Um, the next thing is that the Outstream Film Festival is also going to be in June. Woo! And I don't remember exactly what day's in June. Oh, 1st through 7th. So that means you can do both of them. If you would like to. There's, so Outstream is coming. Their, their motto is the queerest fest on the net. But as you might have noticed from queer women of color being online as well, that might not be true. They might just both be queer. There might just be like so many queer film festivals we can't keep up with them. But that's one, Outstream. And then the third thing I would love to talk about is Femme Power Productions, um, which launched last week. And they're doing like an MTV, like public access style punk streaming of a bunch of different shorts, performances, all sorts of things, all focused on, on queer and trans people and especially queer and trans people of color, but it's open to everyone. And uh, yeah, they just launched a website, fempowerproductions.com. You can go see their stream that happened and see more news that's happening around them. So yeah, I'm just really excited that there is such a wealth of, of queer content. And not only like the queer content that we see on Netflix or on Hulu and by like larger services and by more mainstream production companies but these are like real independent producers and they're encouraging so many different people to attend and view and also create their own work and share it so that's really exciting wow i love how you come to the table with all of these positive uplifting events that people can partake in and feel connected again and feel like they can consume creative outlets in a familiar way. And uh, all I bring to the table is a recipe for a drink that may or may not be full of oil and or turmeric powder. <laughs> well, it, it may be full. I think it is. <laughs> so that's something. There's a certainty there. I, that I, sounds <laughs> it still sounds good. I, it? I still think it sounds good. The texture it is sounds, weird. The texture is it off. It sounds fancy. It sounds like when we would when we sat down in that uh, plant and coffee cafe. What was it called? Oh, I can't remember. yeah, yeah. It might have just been as simple as like plant and drinks or something. Like flowers and coffee, something yeah. like that, um, in Manhattan. And I got a, I think I got a golden milk latte, and it was absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. And the sun was streaming in, and we were surrounded by plants and. It was like, wow, the Bowery sure has gentrified. Um, <laughs> but it, it makes me think of that. So oh. I really appreciate everything that you bring to the table. Okay. Including, including memories of being outside. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's a personal, personal takeaway. And yes, I, indeed. And I, um, in the end, that's all of our takeaways. Just personal takeaways. Yep. Truly. Truly just personal. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think manner keeping is going to be pretty heavily focused on like what's going on inside our own homes and then feelings of apocalypse and, and how we're surviving through it. So 
I think whatever we bring to the table right now is fine because this is our podcast and we have approximately five people listening to it and we love each of them dearly. Mm. The gang's all here. Potato, chip, use napkin. Coconut stick. (laughs) Coconut stick. Gets me every time. I'm sorry. Okay. Let us freaking go to this episode. I promised two weeks ago that this one was going to be a doozy. And my God, I think it was. I don't know about you. I'm about to hear. I'm about to find out. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. So this was Charm Season 2, Episode 5. She's a man, baby, a man. It was directed by Martha Mitchell. And it was written by Javier Griel Marchois. And it aired November 4th, 1999. Very nice. For once, I had that prepared. <laughs> um, let's do the three three different arcs of the sisters now. Ooh. Yeah, let's freaking go. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, I will go first. I will okay. go with... I will go with Piper's arc. Um, because okay. I feel like hers is the least interesting out of all of them so far. Oh, so sad. But yeah. you're right. I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what it, let me, sorry, let me just peruse my notes very quickly. Peruse all you would like. Peruse. Ah. Yuck. I mean, honestly, not too much happens for Piper in this episode. There is still some pining after Dan that takes place. But other than that, she's caught up in helping the other two sisters with their quests. Yeah, that's pretty much it. She She's interested in Dan. She has a crush now. It's, it's pronounced. From the last episode it was hinted at, and now it is pronounced. It's now pronounced crush. 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 Yeah. So for... Phoebe, um, Phoebe is psychically linked with the baddie of the episode, so she spends she spends this episode constantly horny. <laughs> and there's like honestly no explanation for why. It's just like you must no. be psychically linked. That's it. It's, That's just it's a thing just... that happens. The the only explanation that we can kind of infer is that her premonitions, her her powers have allowed her to connect like it is she links up with this psychic energy much more easily because of her own innate power already it's that it's so connected to Mm. transference i guess yeah um they definitely they rely on the audience to just be like yeah yeah that kind of makes sense and just not interrogate it too much yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, this looks like the premonition I know and love, but now it's a horny premonition. <laughs> and now you can, like, <laughs> see from the eyeballs of the demon, the succubus. Mmm, sex and murder. <laughs> Which is basically this episode. Um, and that brings us to Prue's arc. Prue! Yeah! Oh, so, yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> Go ahead. So Prue basically is acting as the, um, <laughs> I was going to say damsel in distress, but not quite. Uh, she is the bait, though, for this episode while they try to capture and uh, defeat the succubus. So in order to do that, she has to get the succubus to become attracted to her, which 
apparently means transforming into a man, baby. A man. A man. Yes. A baby, man. A baby. A baby, man, a baby. So I was watching this episode with my partner, um, which was very fun, whom I have roped into watching a few of these. Um, And they screamed when Prue transformed. (laughs) Like, it was so exciting. This was the best shit to ever happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was amazing. I, I'm filled with so many feelings uh, just over this whole episode. But I guess, you know what? I guess we should just dive into it, huh? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So okay. they're at the club. And it must be, like, summer in San Francisco. So super sweaty, super humid, super hot. And uh, or they're it's just... like not summer because you know summer in San Francisco is actually like very cool. Perhaps they are in a heat wave then. Yes, it is a heat wave. Ex- excuse me for flexing my San Francisco <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I don't As know I... anything about San Francisco in the summer. Yeah, who 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 the heck knows? The fog rolls in in the summer. That's, you know, the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. That's the phrase. (laughs) But they also say the hottest summer I ever spent was when a succubus was in San Francisco. San Francisco, city of succubi. (laughs) City of sucks. Yep, basically. So they're complaining in the club. (laughs) uh sorry complaining in the club sounds like a good song name uh they're complaining in the club about their sexual (laughs) (laughs) about their sexual frustration um and phoebe's frustration is in the form of a sex dream or sex dreams that she keeps having in which she's like super turned on and she's like going out of a guy and then she ends the dream with killing the guy every single time Every single time. I And I think she sees how she kills the guy, too. Oh, yeah. It, through Morbid. this uh, this phallus, <laughs> which is actually a tube, a snaky tube to suck out the man's testosterone. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> so this before I had even watched this episode, I was um, I had played a recent uh quest in my D campaign and we we're, we're fighting like these bad guys called the deep ones and they look they look like kind of grayish fish people like grayish fish people with um these like crazy mouths like just like a maw of teeth like needle sharp pointy long teeth and our Ooh. dungeon master was like uh <laughs> putting us in this quest where we were one of us was impersonating the deep one's leader and we had come upon the deep one's lair and the deep one's lover is there and our dungeon master is ha- asking us like how do you think the deep ones kiss because we need to like have you interact and try to blend in and i immediately like knowing the way that fantastical creatures exist suggested that there would be a tongue that comes out of the deep one's mouth and then another mouth would open at the end of that tongue and then you would kiss the two tongue mouths together and i immediately got overruled which i thought was very rude because then i later watched this episode and i was like see see it happens <laughs> oh no oh my goodness it, you were prophetic I was. I was like, so what if the mouth that had a different mouth and they're like, uh, no, um, um, how about you? you? You seem like you have a normal, more normal uh, explanation. And you were like, listen, man, I or 
person. I don't know who this is. Dungeon the DM Master. Is. Um, listen, listen, DM. I am an expert on magical creatures. Don't you know? I run a podcast. And let me tell you, there are many mouths. <laughs> many, many much mouths. I hope you tell them this. <laughs> tell them about me complaining about it in the podcast? No, no. Just about the episode. Oh, Maybe. The, I think the next uh, quest that we have might be the last in our campaign. I'm not really sure how it works, but it's it's supposed... Sorry, this is, this is the last thing I'll say about this, but it's supposed to be exciting because we've been hinted, uh, the Dungeon Master has hinted at us that two of our party members may have to duel to the death. <gasps> no. <laughs> That's really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I think. I don't know. I don't no, know no, anything about D&D. &D. It's okay. exciting. It's Yay! Uh, duel to the death. Duel to the death. Bash out his brains. Um, or uh, uh, succubusum. Yeah. <laughs> with your extra mouth. Yeah, kiss the mouth with the tongue on the end of your mouth. Or the mouth <laughs> and, of your tongue. And what if there was another mouth that had a sword? <laughs> what if there were <laughs> two mouths? Uh, anyway. And they kissed. So, they kissed? Uh, what, if, what if they kissed? <laughs> What if Mouse kissed? <laughs> um, I hate you so much. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Rebecca! <laughs> oh my god, I missed that. I haven't thought about that in so long. Uh, woo, okay. All right. <laughs> Oh um, no! Okay. Yep. 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 We get, okay. So we're we didn't back. even get through one scene. It's twenty-seven minutes already. It's okay. This is the most important scene, and then the rest of them will just like breeze on by. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, it is a really important scene because I I wrote down the the note. Phoebe's looking foxy because she's so excited. A fever. I got a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. <laughs> Um, so that's it. That's the most important part of this episode. Uh, so anyway, so she, yeah, she told Piper her sex dream, which is fun. Um, she, uh, she loves them, then she kills them. Yeah. Like a, like and, a spider. Uh, just kick them, kick them in the mouth. With your mouth. And with your... <laughs> I, we're going to get off this. I feel like this keeps no, sending us someplace. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. So okay. then Prue comes in mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, good. Are we decoding men? And I was like, oh, my God, not same ever. I know. Um, this uh, whole episode she, would not pass the, um, oh, shit. the Bechdel test. Yes, yes. Uh, certainly not. No, it's all about men, but also in a very interesting way. So at least there's that. Um, but most of it is not in an interesting way. So she comes in. She's like, ah, my date didn't even like kiss me. So something must be wrong. But he was so interested before. What gives? I don't understand men. Ba -ba -ba. <laughs> ah, they're so different. Um, the only note that I put here is that uh, Prue's cornrows were a choice. Oh, yeah. That was a look. <laughs> that that's was a, a, that's a that date was look. look. <laughs> yep. I really preferred uh, Phoebe's flower clips. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, I, I her, do. Oh, yeah, go on. Her not-appropriative flower clips. Mm-hmm. 
And Big I also fan. like um, Piper's fluffy bob. Yeah, and that was actually a really good look. I like that. Mm -hmm. Nice. Anyway, um, so then they go home and sweet dreams don't kill anyone, but she will. Um, and in Phoebe's dream, we see through a red camera, haha, um, that a man is like, I'm in love. I'm so in love. Oh, man. Is this the, a dream? The longest five minutes. <laughs> so long. Like 20 seconds and it was just so long. This was his and monologue. Then he, and then he gets attacked mm -hmm. by the the phallus mouth. It's, it was great. It's honestly such a funny... No, no. There is no funny way to die. No, no. But if... If I had to say that a giant tentacle came out of my lover's mouth and then went into my mouth, what more What more could I laugh about? Uh, you know, couldn't tell you because it's actually pretty terrifying. <laughs> it's just, disgusting. Uh, but I don't know. I think it's the... F uh, of all the demons we've seen so far, it's pretty silly. It is pretty silly. That is very true. All, all of this episode is very silly. She wants their testosterone. Anyway, uh, so n then we he he obviously is going to die. Phoebe wakes up sweating because she still has a fever. And then we go to credits. Credits. Um, we come back. We come back and we first see the Buckland Auction House to like, I, I don't know, just kind of weird rock music. And my immediate association was just not it's not Buckland Auction House. It's Rockland auction house oh, no i called it san fran techno oh that's a good one too uh, yeah a bunch of beep boops a bunch of bunch of beep boops and then some rockland and then alan <laughs> alan uh prue's interest of the episode is walking around he's like wow it's so hot and she's like yeah no time for that why just why why'd you do that do that do that to me um, and he's like, what are you talking about? I had a great time. I'll call you. She's like, no, darn it. That's n what he is saying on the surface, which he eventually ends up doing is not what he means. Yikes. Yikes. This whole episode is about miscommunication and misunderstanding, but it doesn't, I mean, just watching it as a partial, impartial third, obser third party observer it doesn't, I mean, it just, it just, it feels like things are just happening. Like, they're not trying to, like, I don't know. I feel like they yeah, read so much into it. They're reading so much into it, and there's this whole thing about, like, men and women just don't understand each other. Why is that? Um, which I think feels very forced. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an icky theme that uh, they really rely on throughout this episode. Men are from Mars and... Women are from Venus? Mm. Yes. Something, something, men have a penis? Uh, I thought there is... was something about Jupiter and men being stupider. Ah, uh, well, it's all gender essentialism to me. <laughs> yeah, the planets don't have genders. No, my god. Why do we give anything a gender? Ah, uh, the brain is weird. Anyway... Um, so Alan says, I'll call you. And Prue's like, kiss of death. And then Daryl pops in. 
Yay, Daryl! Daryl! If this, if the entire series is just like a police procedural where the three sisters are magical uh, crime consultants, I'd be super into it. I'd be super fine with it. Yeah, I, I would as well. And I think it, the series leans toward and away from that kind of just as it progresses. But I do enjoy those times. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yes. What if it was like... Daryl's Angels or something. Daryl's Witches. <laughs> um, I think that would be the alternate universe episode. Yeah. That'd be a very fun like interpretation of it. It's probably the version of the show seen through Daryl's eyes. Definitely. Daryl's Witches. And he goes, oh, brother. Here we go again. Wah, <laughs> <laughs> wah. Anyway, so Daryl's like, okay, Prue. I know you have a secret, and so I gotta tell you about this case. There have been many, many murders, except this one can't be one of those unsolved ones again. Gotta get a collar. And it's like, Daryl, why do you come to Prue if, if that's your goal? Like, uh, what is... <laughs> um, I mean, I'm guessing it's because there's like an there's like an aura of mysticalness around this case, and he probably thinks that like he will not be able to solve it with his normal resources. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, no, I understand that part. It's just him saying, like, this can't be an unsolvable one again. Like, we can't do a cover up of, like, a weird thing that happened. Oh. (laughs) Which is all that they ever do when the sisters are involved. But anyway, uh, good good job coming to Prue and good job just shutting your mouth when she asked you about why men are dumb. I mean, honestly, there there wasn't so much a cover up when they supposedly catch the killer this time as there was just no explanation of like all of the strange weirdness around the killings they're just like we found the killer no explanation for how they did it or why we found them yeah and in daryl's witches there would be a lot more of that like we just don't understand um (laughs) but because we're not on the police procedural we you know we get to the we get to the fucking in the killing um, <laughs> and that's that's what this show is about and that's what this show is about law and order svu so um, anyway yeah okay so daryl tells prue about the latest case there's a string of murders of men and what's weird is that all their testosterone gets drained um which what could that mean i i don't know it must be a man hater must be what? a man hater man eater okay so then we go back to phoebe mm-hmm. and uh phoebe is blaming herself and saying that she thinks she could be the killer which is like no phoebe mm-hmm. don't blame yourself don't do that you keep doing that you don't have to yeah because it, it's really not you <laughs> it just seems weird that her sisters offer some very valid explanations they're like oh maybe you're psychically linked or maybe it's like a premonition and she's like no it's got to be me yeah, Phoebe's still working through a bunch of stuff in terms of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to project that. Um, but anyway, they decide to investigate the dating service where all these men were linked. Mm-hmm. And they decide that that's it. Yep. They're going to do that. So, so they go. They go to find Romancing, which is the name of the dating service, which is indeed a name. And Daryl and his partner are scoping, or I guess it's, uh, what is, what is the word? Not surveillance. Uh, yeah, they're, they're doing a, not a sting. They're doing a... Stakeout! 
stakeout. I like blew oh, up my we... microphone. I got too excited. Got uh, there eventually. They're yes. doing a stakeout. Um, holding the stakes. Fine, fine romance dating services. Definitely not a front for a succubi. <laughs> Very professional banner there. Uh, and so while Prue and Phoebe have gone in, uh, Prue is laying some cover by pretending to sign up for the service and Phoebe's doing a little bit of poking around this fine romancing establishment and she has a premonition. She uh, shakes the hand of one of the signer-uppers and she sees him dying by her mouth tube. (laughs) Again! No! Not the mouth with the sword! Not the mouth tube! No! Um, And that's a bummer. But anyway, uh, that's about it hi yeah. tall handsome and charming man you shall die and, and so uh, they they uh they go back to the to the house to see if there's anything that piper has found in the book and they say piper have you been finding anything or have you been just daydreaming about handsome handsome hunky man and um the only thing i'd like to point out in the scene uh, or not in the scene but like in terms of inflection uh, another Holly Marie Combs classic. She goes, the book. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoyed that. Uh, how do you say a uh, book? Uh, book? How do you say uh, a toi? <laughs> it's a freaking French word. Wait, what's her name? Cezanne Marguerite? Yeah. Anyway, you know, referencing a lot of old things in this. So only only true fans will. Yeah. Will only understand. people who watched a lot of YouTube while they were bored. Yep, that's all of us right now. True. Bring back the YouTube generation. Yeah, bring it back. Catch up on your middle school or high school or college watches and see how much of your humor was influenced from that. (laughs) It's an interesting experiment. I went back today because I I took the sex cluster back in my freshman year of college, which which was basically like a uh, class that discusses the intersection of society and biology and sex and gender. And I was looking at some of the notes I'd taken just to see if like I could bring anything into our discussion today. Um, and I did not because I got too caught up on this study guide that I had found that I made for myself, which was basically a PowerPoint. So I made myself a PowerPoint that was just like, these are the things you need to know. But I'd made it in the style that like old memes used to be in where they were, they were like uh, fake presentations made in comic sans and they're like doges everywhere and there's like weird captions for things oh my god and i was reading through it and i was like cracking myself up i was like damn i was funny back in the day (laughs) back when i put in effort to entertain myself i would love to see that oh would you uh, i I think we should post it oh no 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 we should well maybe i'll post one slide yes yes (laughs) yes the book anyway so They've they found a uh, a possible explanation in the book, which is the succubi, um, which is an an evil sexually charged witch that uh, turns into a sexual predator because she just hates men. Uh, which I was like, wow, <laughs> I've been accused of worse. So sign <laughs> me up. Um, um, so they decide that in order to catch this succubus, one of them has to, well, they're going to set her on fire. I guess that's like a thing that you do to kill a succubus. Um, but first they have to like ensnare her by f- getting her to be attracted to one of them and then the fire spell. Yeah. Which I was, okay. To be honest, 
this could have gone a different way and it could have been bisexuality and it could have been amazing in that way as well ah i can dream yeah there there is definitely a lot of emphasis on gender roles and sticking to like the the sexualities that are often assigned to different gender roles exactly which is very unfortunate and disappointing in one sense but in another sense it does allow for some gender fuckery yeah if you if you want to read it through that lens which of course i do and you shall and i shall so anyway they decide that prue is going to be the bait because they want phoebe to be able to track the succubus still and so what that involves doing is drawing a giant male sign on the floor (laughs) which was like i guess here's one clue and they do a very very short spell and the flames roar and then suddenly prue has a goatee yeah she looks a lot like nick cage honestly yeah actually very much so um and and the the sisters are horrified so oh boy Prue's a man. Prue's a man, baby, a man. She's not um, taking it well. No, not not really. Not at first, at least. Um, but then, as soon as they have to answer the door, and Prue changes into ex-boyfriend clothing, the pile of ex-boyfriend clothing that has been left and uh, carefully curated over the years to include this semi-V-neck sweater <laughs> and uh, ill-fitting jeans... Um, it's definitely something that like I think all of the male characters and friends would wear oh it very much looks like that I was honestly I was kind of disappointed because the sisters have such fun fashion mm-hmm. so much of the time that it would have been really fun oh for, yeah, yeah yeah for Prue as a man to have some fun fashion as well but um instead perhaps more more accurately kind of looks like a science teacher <laughs> that go that's gonna go out for the night oh um, man <laughs> drag them yeah unfortunately but anyway so so uh phoebe and and piper are laughing prue is distraught but then they decide okay this is how it's gonna be for now and we're gonna have to figure it out this is what it was supposed to be great okay we'll do it and then the doorbell rings and they say okay prue go answer you're gonna have to walk like a man in this world and like you're gonna have to figure out how to be a man so here's a test run and something i would like to just insert here that's i think very very interesting is that prue didn't have to pretend to be a man prue had to actually be a man like fully which is really really interesting that Piper and Phoebe, up until, like, the very end, um, except Prue as a man, like, are trying to use he pronouns ah. and are trying to, like, coach Manny, which is Prue's name as a man, mm-hmm. uh, Manny Hanks, into, like, how to dress and how to walk and how to feel comfortable being a man. Which was just, like, a very interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. They... Um, and, of course... Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's definitely a dual brain where they 
understand that Prue is still Prue, but at the same time, they've somehow gotten it in their heads that this is not the Prue that we typically exist with. Yeah, exactly. So it's very, it's very interesting balancing act that's happening, but it's also one that is not done with like malice. Um, and I think that that could be a very interesting reading. Yeah, I see it. Um, with a terrible wig and goatee. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think the reading that I took from it is probably less interesting. But it's simply that Prue and Phoebe cannot, in their heads, picture someone who's both male and female. Mm, mm-hmm. So if you look like yeah. a man and you walk like a man, and talk like a man, we're gonna call you a he. Definitely, definitely. There's there are some very interesting like double consciousness. Mm-hmm like going on in this in which there is acceptance of Prue as a man as Manny Mm -hmm. and then there's also like a super delineation of gender roles Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which they so double down on hard in the show yeah so interesting in this episode which is directed by a woman Mm -hmm. but not written by a woman anyway that's just a thought so uh so now they are going to go back to the dating service to find the succubus um, because the person that Phoebe shook hands with is going to die. Mm-hmm. And so they have to go prevent that. So in order to do that, uh, Prue pretends to sign up or Manny pretends to sign up. Oh, oh, but I forgot. Not after a lovely scene in which after uh, Manny an- <laughs> answers the door, it's Dan. And so... Manny is trying to imitate Dan's movements and like how he leans against the wall and how he talks and that kind of a thing. But it's also pretty funny because I think that it does look a little bit menacing. Like when you copy someone's movements, it's almost like you're trying to uh, uh, make a power move. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, it's very uncomfortable for Dan. (laughs) Um, so they have a very uncomfortable talk, and then we move back on to fine romancing. Uh, so th- there's a mixer that's going on. Prue signs up to um, be a part of the service. Meanwhile, the other two sisters are in the mixer looking for the next guy who's supposed to get myrtle dirtled. Myrtle dirtled. Turtle myrtled. And they find him, and they try to keep him in their sight. Meanwhile, Piper sneaks off with Dan's file, because apparently Dan signed up, so sneaks off with his videotape. Uh, a videotape for a dating service. And uh, <laughs> watches the interviewer interview him, and she falls madly in love with him, kind of. She just has a crush on him. Mm. Truly, madly, deeply crushed. Um, okay. Uh, yes. So then... Meanwhile, uh, Phoebe senses that the succubus has appeared, uh, but before she can get Dr. Owen, who is supposed to be the next dead guy, out of there, photographer cop, which is Daryl's partner, comes in and tries to arrest her, and Prue shows up and (laughs) defuses the situation, supposedly, by punching um, photographer cop, and then punching Owen, or wait, was it the other way around? Punching Owen and then punching the uh, photographer cop. Yes, exactly. And then Daryl shows up and is like, what is happening? It's wild. The, the few things I have to say for this is that 
Piper's uh, little mouse stance when Phoebe comes over and oh is like, God, yeah, yeah. Ah, this thing is happening. Yeah, and I Piper's saw like, that too. What do we do? I was like, that's a Bryce movement. <laughs> <laughs> right there. That's my, my was, standard pose. It was like your, your surprised pose. <laughs> it was great. But uh, I yeah, like Prue is. My surprise pose is also the pose that a cartoon burglar would make when they're tiptoeing through an alley and then a spotlight gets shown on them. <laughs> oh, definitely. I can see that. Hundred thousand percent. Ah, you caught me. How's this possible? Um, I'm wearing both black and white. Oh god. And it's stripes. Let me just fade into the shadows. So Prue gets aggressive. Oh no. And this reminded me I don't know if anyone listening oh, I know someone listening who will know about this. Um Liana Kindler. Uh Prue's transformation because of the sudden influx of hormones um, of testosterone uh, reminds me of a character on the L word, Max, who was one of the only trans characters on the show and was like, at the beginning it was an admirable effort because it was like, wow, great, this is awesome to show a character transitioning on television and like a character that a lot of us really liked who was like very sympathetic but as max transitioned he got like super aggressive all of a sudden and like mm. incredibly irritable and like physically aggressive and it was like whoa what the heck like that's mm-hmm that's incorrect and that's a huge huge stereotype yeah so that was just like an interesting link that i made because obviously the writers of this episode or the writer of this episode and the director of this episode were not really intending it to be a trans story but it does have a lot of the links the like visual and narrative links to how transness is like represented so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I think that they were really exposing these internal stereotypes that we hold, which is the same things that a lot of us hold when we think about trans people, and it's ultimately harmful. Yeah, for sure. And why do we hold those things? Because they've been fed to us. Ah, by Society, the man. media. Society, ah. man. Anyway. Uh, so we shall continue. So okay. now, because of the big old punch, the succubus is attracted to Prue now. Dun dun dun. She dun, likes. Dun, dun. Um, she likes BDSM. She likes testosterone. I think is it, and that's it. And when you punch someone, you must have testosterone. You must be able to protect uh, the cave after a yes. night of hunting. Exactly. Okay. Mm, so yum. they decide that they're going to trap the succubus at the club. So they go to the club. Um, at the club, they have a couple of things that happen before the whole showdown. So Prue talks to Alan, who is the guy that she's been dating, and in her form as Manny. And she finds out that Alan does like her. So she's like, okay, this is good. Um, meanwhile... Sweet. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> I don't know who Alan is or why he's suddenly in the show, but I guess it's good for Prue. Um, yeah, I guess it's good for this episode of, like, men and women can't talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, how can they understand each other? And then Phoebe uh, 
they had, so there's a red herring and they're like, oh, Phoebe sees the woman from the dating service, the, the one who videotaped Prue's interview for the, for the, um, the signing up process. And they're like, it's got to be her. But it turns out that it's the receptionist because when Prue, Manny, goes out to the alleyway, um, the receptionist is the one who meets her out there. Darla. Yes. Dar- oh, I didn't even realize that that was the name. Darla is such a, rem- such a sweet name. The only reason I remember it's her name is because there is also a Darla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh. And Darla is also blonde and a vampire who takes advantage of her, like, very angelic and sweet-looking exterior to trap men mm-hmm. and eat them. <laughs> hmm. I also just realized that I called Prue she... Well, I have been saying Prue instead of Manny, but... hmm. Not even sure yeah. how to refer at this point to this character. Well, I think if if we're going off the assumption that the writers did not write this as a trans story, then and like Prue is also assuming that Prue is Prue, like mm-hmm. Prue is still a woman, but not always. Mm-hmm. It's very confusing. I think it's yeah. one of those things in which both pronouns are used throughout, and there is at first a like confirmation of Manny being. And like Prue being a man. Mm-hmm. But then in order to make it to the denouement and make it to the, the climax of this story, Prue has to assert that she's a woman. Oh, true. True. And I I guess to um, also tie it together, th- there is no indication that gender here is an identity. Yeah. It is just a oh. thing, like a physical thing that you must like have yeah it's well gender is an identity in a lot of ways that are like stereotypical true okay true yeah you have to play the role you Um, have to like trucks if you were a man yeah there's there's a lot of sides how to fix the air conditioner and all this like very essentialist kind of stuff yeah it's pretty tiring actually to see them like continually hit this hammer into the nail (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I would say in response to like your your question and concern about using pronouns, I think that while we're we of course as two people outside of the show think that it is incredibly important to refer to people with the pronouns that they use, um within the show, I don't think there's an hard and fast argument for respecting Prue or Manny's pronouns because that's not actually a part of like the canon Mm -hmm. yeah okay that's a fair assessment so uh the receptionist comes out and also the uh daryl's partner comes out and the receptionist or i think it's the receptionist sorry darla throws the cop against the wall and then daryl comes out and he shoots the succubus yeah because the succubus is like I won't freeze. I'll just stick my tongue out at you. And he's like, what the freaking heck? <laughs> um, but There's a mouth on that tongue. Shoot the mouth. Shoot the tongue on the mouth. Shoot the mouth on the tongue on the mouth. <laughs> so uh, she's dead or so we think. It's not over yet because the Manny is still a man. Man, this this whole episode is like so gay and so sexist and satirical at the same time. <laughs> it's very hard to keep track of. Um, but anyway. There's a lot of layers to it. 
So they're at the coroner's office, and the um, Daryl's partner is like kind of being weird and like being uh, kind of creepy. He's like to the coroner, "Oh wow, she was so hot, right?" And then the coroner leaves, and he like lifts up her blanket or the cloth to like see her face, um, which is why it's she's a corpse but it turns out she's not yeah. a corpse because her eyes blink open and she skewers him with her tongue mouth yeah and he uh really suffers an unfortunate end honestly he does I... not look like he's having a great time <laughs> yeah i didn't have a great time with him in the show yeah exactly so it's a fitting end <laughs> take that you big dumbo don't so, be a creep don't be a creep that's a general rule that i feel like we should all follow yeah i agree Thank you. Um, back at the manor, the sisters are trying to figure out what the next step is going to be when Phoebe has a premonition that the succubus is in the house. Shit. The call is coming from inside the house. No. Call, the call, the call is from inside the house and then it's outside the house because she got him. Uh, the succubus grabs Peru and takes her to her lair where her egg sacs presumably are. Um, and Phoebe connects back in, and Phoebe and Piper have this plan where Phoebe's going to psychically link to the demon, but then uh, this was a little bit up in the air. I, it was kind of hard to understand the language that they were using. Project back to the succubus and uh, talk it's a mirror. to Pro. <laughs> it's an echo chamber. It's a psychic echo chamber. Mm. They're both in heat. Ah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then the way that Prue gets out of this spell is by asserting that Prue is a woman, not a man. And that that's it? That's the way that the cookie crumbles? Uh, there was like a, a phrase that they kind of threw away at the end there where it was like, um, the succubus was like, no, nobody can irresist me. And then Prue was like, only a man can't resist you, but I am no man. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I am no man. Yeah, which is really interesting because she is a man. Yeah. Or he is a man. But interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's but it is as you said that uh well, I think in this in this tiny little line you could go for the positive spin of like finally you can be both neither anything. Um but I don't think that's actually what they were going for. I think they were just going for, here's a plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that what you say is correct in that you could have a really interesting interpretation of this in which your physical um, body does not denote your personal identity. But I think that the writers were just being sloppy. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think it was just chock full of stereotypes, but we still get the phrases like just a little gender confusion. And I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. That was a nice, that was a nice line that they added. Okay. But so, anyway. Uh, so, the succubus uh, is set on fire. And then Prue turns back into a woman as she always was, question mark. Um, and we know that because she's in oversized clothing now. And then she rubs her tits. <laughs> um, she's very happy to be in a feminine body. Yeah, she's very happy to be in her body. True. Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. She's happy to be back in heels, too, which is mm, less sense. Which is mm, mm, 
Nope. <laughs> anyway, so they go back to the club. And because the cranberries are playing for one night and one night only. Which is wild because they were actually like a pretty big band. Oh, yeah. They were a huge band. And what I what I did love about this is that uh, the cranberries are charmed. I love that they have P3. And that the cranberries have an extremely androgynous lead singer. True. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of an interesting thing that, again, probably was not meant. It was probably just like, we got to book the cranberries. Yeah. But uh, as I was seeing it, I was like, look at all this gender essentialism. And then there's the lead singer of the cranberries on stage bopping around who kind of defies a lot of what has been going on in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's all queer. It's all <laughs> a gender fuck. We don't care. Also, when we came back into the, the club for a split second, I saw a queer Asian man with earrings and I was really excited. <laughs> oh, I missed just it. Like a, just a background person, just like an extra, but you're uh-huh. going to have to go back and see. I, I think he's wearing a blue shirt and just like hanging out. And I was like, what the heck? What's his story? Nice. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so every woman has her man. And yep, they they Sigh. just finish out by dancing. And that's about it. And Prue finishes out with, well, I guess, you know, being a man, because I was a man, I guess I could say that men and women are kind of the same. We have the same emotions. And the problem lies in how we don't communicate and we just read between the lines. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I think one of the one of the more exact parts of that quote was like, we're different but we're also the same. And in my uh-huh. head, I was like, oh, groundbreaking. And I was like, and also, there's more than a man or a woman. You tell them. And uh, and it's a construct. Yeah. And it is. It is a construct, but it is also a helpful construct for a lot of people. Yeah, so, I mean, interesting. When, when we asked about why do we assign gender to things, it's because as a society, we like to have categories so that we know who we are in these amongst our society and amongst our world. Mm-hmm. And, and the biggest... Mm, go on. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you. No, uh, you. no, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I think that the biggest problem comes in when we use what our own identifiers are to restrict the movements and thoughts of others. Yeah. Um, It's our lack of being able to respect and comprehend that maybe some people have different experiences from us. That doesn't make us any less human. That seems fake. I don't (laughs) I don't think that's true. (laughs) Nobody thinks a different way than I do because I'm the only person whose thoughts I can hear. I can't argue with that. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So they're just hanging out and they've got their men. And that's fine, I guess. Um, But the thing that is nicer about this is that this style of shooting a club scene is much better than the previous episode. Feels more natural. Yeah, it's way more organic. I mean, of course it's not. 
but it does feel more organic in terms of how people are interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. They actually look like they're having a good time dancing. Prue and Piper dance, which was really, really cute. Yep. And they're just having some fun. And I was like, yay. And then I had a, just like a ding of a thought in the back of my mind. But what about Leo? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, That's no. That's your conscience talking. That is my conscience. But they end on that, and that was kind of fun. Uh, Cool. We did it again, you guys. We oh. finished another episode. We did. We did. We finished it. That's it. The end. Just kidding. Uh, Demon death. Demon death. Um... I don't know. The flames were kind of cool. I I feel like it's probably a 3.5 out of 5 for me. Jeremy's. Okay. I I would give it... I think the real demon death was that creepy photographer guy. Uh, so I would give that like a, a 4 out uh. of 5. Because um, it was gross and it looked terrible and I was glad he was dying. Um, he was oh, a creep. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Uh, the one thing that I feel like was unresolved in, in this show, I guess many things were unresolved, um, but that I feel like was very explicitly bad is that they don't talk about what happened to the egg sacs. Did the egg sacs also catch on fire? Yeah, they did. They burned. Oh, okay. I guess I just missed that then. Oh, was the wall that she was against the egg sac wall? Yeah, exactly. Uh, she is like a spider. Exactly. Uh, okay this this episode also has a lot of uh kind of similar themes as an episode in season one of buffy i believe in which a substitute teacher turns out to be a giant praying mantis (laughs) oh man people honestly yeah (laughs) the scariest things that we can think of are bugs i know well the scariest things that we can think of are attractive women intent on seducing men who actually want to kill them. Yeah. That, I mean, that really upturns expectations. Yeah, truly. Um, Uh, Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? My final thought is that you can't keep Daryl down with all of these lewd partners who just aren't on his wavelength the way andy was let him work alone or let him work with the sisters but don't let him work with a partner who's just a bag of grease (laughs) oh i like that final thought (laughs) i really appreciate that justice for daryl justice for daryl okay i wrote a paragraph oh okay because I was inspired. So I'm going to read it and see if it makes any sense. It might not. Let's see. So I don't have definitive things to say about this episode because I can see myself like writing like a graduate essay on it. Um, And as I was watching it, actually, I was like, I should have written an essay. And then I was like, oh, I still can. Bye. Well, at some point. So but I could have written an essay that was like full of completely useless connections throughout cinema and gender studies history, I think, in how we represent masculinity and femininity and how ne'er the two shall meet. Um, and if they do, it's full of, like, complete stereotype that is supposed to lead to a laugh. But um, 
what I definitively like what I can say right now is that this episode I think presents like a really textured canvas like we can see a million things in each choice made about what manhood is supposed to be and then what the everlasting ever annoying gender essentialist like battle of the sexes means for people relating to one another um but if we're gonna go from the perspective that i usually like taking on this podcast uh that there's a lot of room for queer metaphor when it comes to existing as a magical being in a human world this episode is literally a transition episode so prue is treated as a man she's not dressing up as a man manny is a man when he's Manny, and that's the only way the succubus would be attracted to him. So, while I believe that this could be a bisexual, like, a way to get out of having a bisexual episode, and I also believe that there wasn't, like you said, room for, like, gender queerness, or agender, or gender fluidity, um... I do think still that Manny is a man because he and then those close and strange to him accept that he is a man. That's it. And then, of course, there's like a really pesky detransition narrative at the end. But for the purposes of my narrative, this testosterone dude who is pursued by a high testosterone high femme is trans. Holy shit. Thanks, Charmed. (laughs) Wow. And uh, yeah. That's what I wow, have to say. I, I enjoyed being taken along for that ride. Thank you for that TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I really think that this episode should like be canonized in the way that so many of us see like st- what straight acting or uh, straight written episodes of TV that we might later see as queer or trans or non-binary. I think that this has a lot of potential for it. And because it wasn't written that way, of course, there are like huge flaws. But I think it is something that we can look at and be like, that's really, really queer. And honestly, that ba- that's kind of what this podcast does. Yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah. I was feeling, I was feeling the need for an episode that uh, let me move outside of, oh my god, Holly Marie Combs is hot um, <laughs> as my like queer media theory. So I'm, I'm thankful to this episode, even with its extremely glaring flaws. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's uh, this was quite a time. Did I, um, did I lose you? No, no, no. I um, um, don't know what to say next. Oh, okay. Well, hi, I'm Shayna. <laughs> you, <laughs> you and can I'm Bryce. find me. Oh, uh, you can find me at uh, Bernadette Teeters. Um, you can also find me. I have a website now. I'm really excited about it. If you go to www.criticallyqueer.com, you can see some of my writing. And you can see her cute face. Oh, my cute little face. And I'm Bryce. Um, you can find me at Your Best Bryce on Instagram. I, I mean, I also have a website, but I, Bryce, I what's feel your like, website? <laughs> no, this is not a. This is 
we're celebrating the creation of your website and this no. step forward in your career. We're not detrailing. Dera- What's not your website? Um, okay. I don't remember, actually. Let me... <laughs> well, my, mine is hosted through GitHub. So it's bryce-wong.github.io. Incredible. Everybody, please visit us. Visit us. Visit us. Um, and... Uh... Or don't, you know, that's fine. We'll <laughs> see you in two weeks. supremely uninteresting, but definitely check out Chaina's because hers is cool and it really shows off the amazing person that she is. And I'm going to check out Bryce's. Anyway, um, we together are Charmed Spellcast and you can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram and you can email us charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Oh my God, I didn't ask for any gifts this episode, but... Trust me when I say I would love any of them. Um, I would love if you can find the queer Asian man that I was talking about. Yes. Oh my God, if anyone can go on a treasure hunt, I would love that. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we'll see you later. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Hi, this is Shana. I hurt my back and my neck really badly this week and wasn't able to record something, so you're getting a really old song from the archives, circa about 2012-2013. Please enjoy one of my first attempts at songwriting, along with my friend Monique, whom you've heard on previous episodes. Alright, be well! So I can fall again, try, try to see the question mark over my head for you to muddle through these unanswered queries never said. Save me now from the unrevealed foe. Try to fight. These villains I can never show Make me feel the care I want to find And let me know You won't slash me when you've changed your mind
Bring me up, please never let me fall. Don't go so soon before I know the smartest call. Tell me, please, am I what you want to see? Don't make me hide the love that you might feel around me. I can never show Maybe feel the care I want to find And let me know You won't slash me when you've changed your mind Bum ba dum ba da 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 That worked! <laughs> you've been listening to Earbud Media Production Earbud Media, audio for everyone